Hi, welcome to Salted Hash, the show where we talk about security that matters. No FUD, no hype, just a little bit of snark. I'm Famida Rashid, senior writer at CSO Online, and with me is Steve Reagan, my colleague at CSO Online. Today, we're going to talk about how to make it in security. And thanks for coming back, Steve. Wow, your dog is really happy to be back on the show. <laughs> no sooner than you called that cue. There they go. <laughs> that was funny. Perfect timing. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. And here. Welcome to the joys of working from home. <laughs> you know, I hear you. The struggle is real. So, so I want you to kind of put take off the normal hacking ranting hat. Let's actually be useful. <laughs> the microphone. Oh, oh, oh you're be- sorry. You, you were like making a thing. I thought you meant like take my headset off. I'm like, <laughs> sure, but you're not going to be able to hear me anymore. I mean, I'll do it. But let's kind of give <laughs> some proactive advice to our listeners today. Let's talk about how career advice. Let's talk about what it means to be a security professional today. And I'm going to just start off with sort of a perennial conversation that keeps coming up every few months is security certifications. You know, in the IT world, it makes sense. There are certifications for other industries, other career paths. Does it make sense for security professionals? And I think they're both sides. So (laughs) being in security, I think with all the media coverage security gets and the way it's hyped up, people think it's a lot sexier than it is. The fact of the matter is, being in security is pretty stressful. Um, You've got to manage end users, you've got to manage product, you've got to manage hardware, software, all of that. And And then you have to do politics on top of all that. Yeah, the politics actually, I think, probably makes it worse on top of everything because most of us in security, we don't do well with politics. Um, Are you not trying to say that we don't do well with other humans? No, I don't. I'm I'm very much, I would rather be in my office all day and don't talk to me. You know, if something breaks, send me an email. I don't need to interface. But that's my, that's my personality. I mean, I, I I don't know. It's it's hard to explain that for some of us, you know, we, we never set out for security. A lot Mm -hmm. of us just came from IT and then one day they're like, Hey, by the way, you're the new security guy. Make sure that we stay safe. Yeah. And, And it's, it, a lot of us, especially like in the early 90s, mid 90s, we got a crash course yes. in security. And the harshness of our reality is, is, you know, a lot of us are walking around with knowledge and stuff in our heads that is no longer applicable today. Right. You know, like I know things about Windows XP that I'll never use again. Oh, come on. Windows NT. That was the real thing. Exactly. Or uh, Citrix. Oh, my God. What was the last time you had to, 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 you know, like deploy Citrix? I mean, I know it's out there. I know people do it, but I haven't touched that stuff in more than a decade. Yeah. But yet there it is. It's, it's up here. I'm never going to use that again. So we, we had to, to learn as we go. We had to adapt. And it's, it's not as easy as a lot of people make it out to be. And it's certainly not glamorous. I think um, the, the reality of security is, you know, you, you – constantly have in the back of your head of you know what's going to go wrong or what have i screwed up today that i'm not aware of what that i don't know about i think that's the scariest part 
Yeah, and I mean that's the, what I don't know of is is just going to. I think that's the haunting reality of security is you know what you know, and, and you then that's know it. Don't know. Yeah, and that's it. So it's, it's career advice. What, 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 if if you were to to tell somebody right now, all right, I want you, you're interested in security. You want to get into security. Here are two things you should do. What do you think they are? What what would you suggest? Well, for me, actually, that's why I started this entire conversation. Is if you're serious about going into security, and it kind of depends. If you're an IT person, I would be like, hey, pick up new tools, really like dabble, set up your test lab. But if you're a college student, a recent grad, you really don't have a strong IT background or security. I'd actually say, hey, go ahead and take the time and do CISSP, or do like one of the other certifications. Just so that you actually learn what the topics are, because it's hard to be self-taught when you don't know where to start. See, the thing that I don't like about <clears throat>、um, certs, and we'll, we'll stick with CSIP, the CISSP, just just for one. Most of those are brain dumps. Like you literally <laughs> go to a boot camp, you memorize a bunch of stuff, and then you pass some sort of test, and you pay a boatload of money to, for the privilege. Yeah, it's really expensive. And then, of course, you've got.、Sure. Yeah, and then you've got your CPEs, and the fact that you have to constantly keep renewing, and got more fees on top of that. That's all great and handy, except I've met CSIPs that don't know how to do networking. Okay, that's a problem. I think when it comes to security, and you're not wrong, by the way. I'm not disagreeing, like with what you're saying. Certs are definitely how you get your foot in the door in a lot of places. You can't avoid it today.、Nice. There's not a single job application in security that you'll find a monster or the ladders wherever you want to go that's not going to mention a cert of some kind. Exactly. You have to have them. It's just one of those keywords that's ours out、yep. there. It's all about the buzzwords in most cases, and you have to be able to fill those out. But the letters after your name. They're not going to make much of a difference if you don't understand the basics.、Yeah. So one of the key things I tell people is know the basics, understand how a network should operate, what it should look like, what it should feel like when your users are engaging with it. Understand, you know, the the routers and what their their the value is of having them on your network and really what their mission is. Because a lot of times people throw them up and and because they come with all these next gen super features, they think that you know this is all I need, and that's just not the case.、Yeah. You know, you can't expect one thing to do it all, even though it says it can. Yeah. Because what that means is it's going to do a lot of things, just not really well.、Yeah. So. On top of knowing the basics, the other thing I tell people is soft skills. You know, earlier I told you、Being、I'm、charming. not one. Well, not just charming, but more learning how to deal with frustrated end users,、yes. learning how to deal with frustrated clients. Yeah, you can't really tell of someone who is already frustrated, who is already angry. Like, well, grow up, cupcake. You, that's really yeah, not something. Yeah, as much、do. as I would love to, you have to kind of seize that in the back of your mind. And believe me, <laughs> grow up, cupcake is pretty much one of my signature sayings when when somebody's being stupid. But the the point being is, you can't. You、right. have to. You have to learn how to communicate,、yeah. and for for people like me, and I know I'm not alone. While it seems like I have a very outgoing personality, in reality, I'm kind of reserved. I don't like being in public places. I'm not really comfortable around a lot of people. I don't、I've、like attention. I've known this guy for years. If someone had told me this, that oh, Steve is not really a public guy, I would have laughed. So just、exactly. throwing it out there. 
But those soft skills I've had to learn over the years. My job requires me to talk to strangers at a given notice, so I have to get over myself. I have to go out and do that, and it's very hard. It took a lot of time to, to get used to it. You know, like uh, one of the most frightening things I've ever done was be a speaker at RSA. Oh, I know. That's that like, scared I'm... me to death. Yeah. And the thing was, I had, I mean, I had a choice. I could have said no. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do it. You know, whatever. Crazy. But really, I didn't. I was asked to be there because I have a specific mindset and viewpoint, and mm-hmm. I wrote uh, a certain number of things that were related to the to the talk at hand, and they asked me to do this. Our readers were sitting right there in that audience. So my little fear about public speaking, it's got to go because I have a a duty to help them understand a very complex situation. So at that point, it was suck it up, cupcake. (laughs) Nobody cares about your little feelings. And you had to go. But at the same time, that is so much easier said than done for a lot of people. So the soft skills, you don't see that a lot of cons either. No, you don't. You really don't. And and so soft skills and the basics are, are the things I go for. But going back to your point on the certifications, what certs do you need? Now, you said CSIP, right? What about N plus, Security Plus, and A plus? Are those relevant anymore? I I don't know about the other two. Security Plus is one that I actually kind of look at and I say, haven't we already moved past a lot of these? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's actually a good point. Like the challenges of how do you know which security certification is up to date, relevant, and actually gives you the information you need. And you don't if you don't know the industry. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting, I talked to, to hiring managers and the, the debate between certs, no certs, education versus no education, experience, what have you, always comes up. There's there's a fine line with everything, and I think it's going to depend on the role and the organization. Right. I know a lot of hiring managers that don't care how many letters you have off your name. If you don't have a certain set of in-the-trenches experience with mm-hmm. the job, they don't right. want you. They don't want to talk to you. And on the other hand, they're happy that you have no experience because they don't have to make you unlearn bad habits. Exactly. They can train you the way they want to train you. And because you got these certifications, it at least shows, if anything, you know how to memorize a set list of it policies how, and procedures. You know how to memorize the instructions you're given. Yes. You, you will memorize the instructions given. There are roles that actually prioritize that skill. Yeah. And, and they're not wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But I also think that, you know, every one of us, in the industry has literally had to memorize stuff like that in the past. It's the only reason why we're, we're good at certain things. But then again, I'm also, you know, the first to say that, you know, the people in it and security, we're not geniuses. We just know how to Google better than you do. And and the thing is, I I say it all the time because it's true. Yeah. I challenge you to find a support or a a help desk personnel or support person who does not use Google on a regular basis to solve a problem. I challenge you. You won't find it because no amount of training is going to take away from, you know, the fact that we are all going to run into problems that we just don't have a clue as to what's going on. So we got to look it up. I mean, that's kind of the case with development. Half the developers, you ask them how to do it. They're like, I don't know. I just Google it just before I have to type that code. Yeah, you could stack exchange and cut and paste, (laughs) which leads to a whole separate set of problems, but it's the reality that we live in. So So, it's more of making the resources available, not so much educating them. Like we tell people, go to these sources. These are the reliable ones. So that's actually a better way of helping people learn. So 
we're not going to mention the company. We're not going to, to, to dig into that. But those of you who have been keeping up on current events and security, you understand that there's been an incident and a person's education was called into question in relation to their position within a, a security confine. So we know what if you've been following the news, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We're not going to talk about any of that. What we are going to talk about is the fact that my dogs are, once again, The magic of editing means nobody will ever know that happened. <laughs> I, I just love this. <clears throat> so if you have been paying attention to news, you know exactly what we're talking about. Now, we're not going to talk about the company or the, the individual, like I said, but what we are going to talk about is education and security. And I agree. And, I don't think it matters because this is, I think, a topic that's also perennial. It keeps coming yep. up. Like, how do you judge someone's qualifications? And, you know, maybe college degree is not the way. And I think what's really interesting is, you know, going back to the situation at hand here, people were like, well, that's not a security degree. And the thing is, the reality is there is no such thing. Yeah. None of us have degrees in security. Now, there are programs out there now that are giving you security degrees, but they're very new. And I don't think any of them have actually been tested exactly. in a real world, meaning the graduates out of these programs know the basics, for example, or can understand, you know, some of the the nuances of dealing with, you know, the politics of security and the actual implementation of security, which, believe it or not, completely different things. And the thing is, so, though, these programs are also maybe two or three years old. I no. don't know of any company that's going to give a CISO role or a senior role to someone who just got a degree three years nope. ago. Because, you Startup. know what, I'm going to prioritize those 20 years of experience, not yeah. the degree. A startup, maybe might you might might land there, but well, I'd be surprised if a startup starts out with a CISO. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, they want the experience out the gate, but the problem is, is a lot of the experience won't really jump ship to go with something unknown. Untried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the the catch twenty two in that situation. And I agree with you. It's it's a thing to where the the <laughs> see, I caught him this time. Ha <laughs> ha. I agree with you. The, the The whole concept of education comes up a lot, and I don't think there's ever going to be an easy answer for it because, again, it's going to depend on the organization. It's going to depend on the role, and honestly, I think for some things, education is absolutely critical, and for other things, I'd rather have somebody who's street smart versus somebody exactly. who's book smart. Book smart. Yeah, and and it's not because I have anything against somebody earning a formal education or anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. But a formal education isn't going to, you know, teach you how to take the the base of a USB uh, a USB driven external hard drive and snap the drive out of the inside of that and take the broken laptop's hard drive and put it on there and that's how you migrate data because everything else stopped working. I'm actually surprised at how many people now coming out of program have never built a computer have never yeah. done anything that's why I asked about A plus earlier I mean the, the, the core of that is essentially building a computer yeah. if you don't understand the components inside of a computer or a server why are you working on them exactly. I'm not saying that you have to have that to be able to configure a router that's not my point what i'm saying is these basics are where all of us started and that's how we actually troubleshoot a lot of 
interesting problems that, believe it or not, are actually hardware-based. Yeah. I mean, we're just used to it. We understand that, that things fail. Like, you know, going back to my example of learning how to Frankenstein your way out of a, a broken laptop, you don't learn that in school. No. You learn that out of sheer desperation because the CEO demands that his MP3s be returned immediately. <laughs> this is This is, you know, these are why you come up with these, these, I mean, for lack of a better term, half-assed broken solutions that, you know, if it's if it's stupid and it works, it ain't stupid. Yeah. It, it's like that but, whole MacGyvering, you know, chewing yeah. gum. Like, hey, if the chewing gum works, why are you going to get yeah. something else? Don't do not do anything different. Yeah. And I mean, I remember one time, I, I, and again, this was sheer desperation. I'm still not entirely sure why it worked, but it That's worked. That's the best kind. Yeah, it, it, we were getting error messages on this laptop from the, the, the registry. And like even when you reinstalled Windows, you were still getting it. I just couldn't understand what was going on. And I'm thinking it was a Lenovo thing, but I'm not entirely sure. So we took a working laptop mm-hmm. and copied over all the registry stuff and then reinstalled the user's profile. And it worked like a charm. No idea why. To this day, couldn't tell you why. Hmm. But it but worked. hey, you fixed the problem? The user yeah, is happy? You keep and going. the user thought we were geniuses, and we were happy to let them think that and go on your merry way, you know, mm-hmm. get out of our cubes. But it, it was <laughs> – that's another thing, you know. <clears throat> we fix things, and we don't know. Yeah. What was wrong? No idea. No idea. What you do? Rebooted. Don't complain. What? We're good to go. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, you're like, did you reboot? And everybody's like, oh, yes, I rebooted. Obviously, you didn't because I did, and it works. I actually I call mean, that the rubber ducky method. Yeah. Where you just tell someone that what the problem is, and then you go back and, hey, it works again. It's the most frustrating, but, hey, it works so well. So what I think is funny is, like, long before we had to rely on, like, hardcore for satellite communications, because now everybody has a smartphone and they're all over the place, we used to have this thing on our, our desk, in the, the health desk, and it was, like, the excuse of the day calendar. <laughs> and so if you get a ticket or a phone call and they're like, what's wrong? My internet's working. And you'd look at the calendar and that's your excuse of the day. <clears throat> oh, I need to and get my, one of those. Oh yeah. Well, my, my favorite two excuses were sunspots and solar flares. Your, your internet's not working. <laughs> your computer's sunspots and so, but now solar flares are a real, real problem <laughs> with communications and they do actually disrupt, you know, so it, it, it's one of those things where you have to adapt. And so, you know, while it's not necessarily security, it is a thing to where now, you know, you you have to, to take an account for all the random things you can't control or foresee. So your education, a formal education will help you in some areas, but street smarts is the only way you're going to get through a lot of a lot of problems. And I think a really good a good point to make on the education thing here too is awareness training. Yes. Show me tell me, in your opinion, what will a formal education, college degree in security, what that what is that going to give you for Developing and sustaining an awareness program. Nothing. I mean, this is all interacting with people. It goes right back to your initial point about social skills. It's like, if you don't know how to convince someone how to change their behavior, to do things a little differently, it doesn't matter what you know in terms of the most sophisticated networking techniques or database techniques. You need to be able to convince that user that, yeah, you shouldn't put that stuff on top of your um, laptop post-its not a good idea like yep that's not but an then education again, thing <clears throat> with your street smarts you know that 
<clears throat> the easiest way to get the CEO to do whatever you want is to call him up and say, hey, Bob, it's Steve. I'm a contractor over in IT. I was just working with Dave, and he said that you've got some problems with your computer. Uh, I could swing by your office later today and check those out for you, or if you're, you know, if you're not experiencing anything now, but I check with you next week. And what I'll do is I'll drop by and I'll check your computer out to make sure it's completely updated and everything okay. like that. And then if you got any problems or questions, I'll be available to you right then and there. Does that sound good to you? Awesome. I'll tell you what then, since you don't need me today, I'll come by Friday at eleven o'clock. You gonna be in the office then? Okay. Oh, one works for me. Not a problem. I'll be there at one o'clock. Yeah. I'll let Gina down at reception know that I'm coming in, and we'll take care of you then. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. You have a good day. Yeah. And you take him. Because right then and there, you've been expected. I mean, things like that you don't really get in an education, like like a college. I've never experienced that in a college setting. But what I have experienced is sitting in the you know the the social engineering captured a flag room and just watching them oh go nuts in that booth. Being in that setting at DefCon is probably the most educational time I've ever spent because you just sit there and you're like, oh wow. Yeah, it's- very much so. And the fluidity yes. with these conversations and how they come off. I mean, you're either going to be good at it or you're not. Yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be a middle ground with it. And I think that that applies a lot to this topic where you're either going to have the, the basics and you're going to want to learn them and get this done or you're not. Yeah. And if you're not, maybe security isn't the role for you Yeah. because we have to constantly be on guard, be on our feet, be humble. Mm-hmm. You know, realize there are things you don't know, yeah. <clears throat> and you're just going to have to deal with that constantly. I mean, there is never a day that somebody in security is not waking up going, well, what's it going to be now? Or even trying to guess, like, hey, I know what's going to happen to me today. The entire point of a security job, security career, you never have any clue what yep. the big fire is going to be or where <laughs> it's going to come from. And the minute you assume means something else completely opposite of what you were thinking is going to explode exactly. and just burn to the ashes around you. And you're going to stand there thinking, well, I thought I knew. The thing that really strikes me about succeeding in security also is the, really the importance of understanding that it's not just one source you get your skill from. You should be drawing yep. from a million places. If you are an artist, you should be thinking about how artists work, how the creativity works. If you like to, I don't know, cook, start thinking a little bit about, okay, how, how do the skills I'm learning, you know, maybe tweaking recipes on the fly. That flexibility comes useful when you're in security because you can't be committed to specific steps. You need to be able to say, you know what, this didn't work. Let me try this other thing. Yep. And it's that and I- ability to draw from every experience I think that's the most important thing for a security professional. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I, I think, you know, for me, I used to to learn more and draw more from my surroundings. Like when uh, one of the bigger companies I worked at, um, obviously for NDA reasons, I can't name any of this, but we had a, a cube mm-hmm that we worked in, but there were six of us in this giant cube. So instead of having six different cubes, we dropped all the walls out and we just had like our desks. And then we would, every time something would come up, spin around and brainstorm it right then and there. Exactly. Like we, we tackled every, almost every major ticket, anything that was uh, tier three or up, we would spin around and tackle it right then and there. Or when we did red teaming stuff, we would spin around and we'd plan the entire attack from start to finish down to the minutes. Like, where you needed to be and what's going to happen and how this was responding there. 
all of it. We'd just brainstorm it right then and there. I learned more from that than I did from any book or any white paper I read. Exactly. And I think that's actually critical in the security. It's never about this one person who's the rock star, the one person who knows it all. It's actually the combination. It's one of those cases where the sum really is greater than the parts, where when you spin around and everyone starts brainstorming, you start looking at things a little differently. You start mm-hmm. coming up with ideas. Oh, wait, I would never have thought of that. Let me try it. So whether we're talking red team or blue team, you're actually coming up with techniques that you yep. wouldn't normally have come up with. And yeah, I think it's, it's really funny to, to pull off of what you just said. I have found that the... Uh, I'm going to use an offensive term, thought leaders who think they 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 understand and know all this stuff. I, I have found that they are probably the ones without any answers. It's you don't okay. want the all star. You don't want to. It's, if your goal in security is to set out to be some sort of rock star, that's it. You're yeah. you're you're already doing it wrong. Exactly. Because all of us are standing literally on shoulders of giants. To take a phrase from Jack Daniel in one of yeah. his talks. And if if you don't recognize that and realize that you know absolutely nothing, no. there's a problem. I mean, I can't even begin. I can write books on things I don't know because I've never had to work with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like earlier you and I were talking. You know, like what's the pressure of being a CISO and how does the education play into that, and or even a CSO? And the fact of the matter is, I've never held such positions, so I couldn't even tell you what those pressures would be. But I can imagine that the pressures on those probably 10 times what I experienced in the cube or out in the trenches because not only do the, do the executives have to worry about everything I've got to deal with, they also have to worry about stuff like up the chain from them and they who they're to reporting about, to. They actually have to worry about where the money is coming from, who yep. is going to be signing off, what the board mm-hmm. has to be convinced of. I mean, in the trenches, that's actually something you have the luxury of not worrying about because you just passed yeah. the buck. Yeah, all I know is is I have X amount of dollars for security spend this month. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if I don't use it all, I lose it. So I got to use it all. That's that's what I know. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it's accounted for. I don't know any of that. And maybe there are some people in the trenches who do. But the point is, is most of us don't. Mm -hmm. We we know what our jobs are. We know we got to focus on. And that's that. So yeah, it's 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 a, a very I can imagine a very stressful situation, but I don't know anything about it. All I know is what I what I've heard from what people have told me in conversations, but I don't think that'll ever substitute actual experience. Exactly. I think it would freak me out if I ever got dropped into a CSO level type position. I don't know. I'd like to see that someday. <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly I think eventually I'd just get fired from it because, you know, the first time the CFO is like, No, we're not gonna give you you know, not we're not gonna, gonna give you this the diplomatic money. thing. Yeah, uh, I can't do diplomacy. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not going to fix that because that's the way it's always been. Awesome. So uh, tomorrow, when we get hacked, and we will, uh, I'm just going to remind you that you know this is the way it's always been. So your data should just naturally exist in the public form like you wanted. Don't come to me with complaints. And that'll be the end of my career. That'll be a career-altering move. It'll be it'll be a a very very brief transition. You know. Here he is as an executive. Here he is as unemployed. And that'll be the way it goes. So, yeah, that's why I don't do things like that. I mean, kind of going back to what you were saying, that one of the key skills is soft skills. Um, I think anyone who is in the trenches who is really concerned about moving up, they need to understand risk management. That's not something most people in the trenches need to know about. But to your point, that's exactly what the CSO needs to know. Because they need to be able to convince the CFO that, hey, the reason that what I care about is important because I'm going to put it in your language. 
Mm-hmm. And that's I've, a totally non-covered material in most curriculums as far as I know. I agree with you. I would add to it to say that the CSO should communicate to their team what risks have been identified and where things stand with that. Yeah. And the team should be able to identify new risks, report them up, and get them added. Oh. Because if your team is, you know, if I say A, B, and C are known risks, here's how we deal with them, here's how we address them, but the team going out in the field says D, E, and F are also a problem, we should discuss this, that should absolutely happen. Yeah. And they should feel free to to uh, basically, you know, guard their own backyard. There should be no reason why it's just policy driven from the down, down up. True. And that's, that's something you see in a lot of organizations, and it's frustrating, very much so. So yeah, I, I agree perfectly with what you're saying. That's the only thing I would add to it is that there needs to be that communication going both ways because the only way you develop a, a strong team is to have an actual team. Yeah. And when you're dictating down to people, you you, you don't have teamwork. Yeah. I mean, the reason I love this conversation specifically is that it really emphasizes there's no one way to be a security professional. There is one way to become a doctor. There is a one yep. way to become a lawyer. But with security, there are just so many different paths. And I think everyone had more or less a unique story. And yep. that's actually our strength. It is. And it's also what makes us the weakest. True. So, I mean, there's no consistency. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the, the real problem, you know, if it, if it comes down to the formal education thing. There's one way to be a doctor, one way to be a dentist, you know, but there <laughs> is more than one type of security person. Right. There is more than one practice in, in security. You, you could be a software security person. You could be a, a hardware security person. You can be, you know, network engineering. There's so many different ways you can you can jump into security or dabble in security that we're just almost too wide open in some cases. And that creates gaps, which, as any security person knows, when you have an attack surface with gaps, that's a problem. That needs to be addressed, but there's no easy way to address it. So that's just how we live. That's how we exist. And I think we will get better over the last, you know, five, 10 years. Things have steadily improved. It's not perfect. But now these disciplines are starting to congeal. There's more communication. Mm -hmm. There's more, um, more support on the inside for security. Whereas if you remember, you know, what, 15, 20 years ago, IT and security didn't even talk. No. They, they were in the same company, but they didn't discuss things. In fact, IT hated security because they stopped us from doing whatever the hell we needed to do. They were the department of no. I mean, and you just I think in many them. cases, I think IT didn't even know who to talk to security and they didn't want to know. There was yeah. no desire. Security would just be like, oh, IT, they're the rogue. They never listened to us. So there's a bit yep. of an ivory tower thing. Like, I'm smug. I know better. And no one listens oh, to yeah. me. I am yeah. the admin. I am the admin of this network. Yes. You don't do anything until I tell you so. Yeah. And then the security guy comes in and goes, eh, pulled your creds. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you, you have nothing now. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I have to, I have to honestly, you know, honestly admit things have gotten better. They're just not perfect. Yeah. And I think if we, if we just focus on the bad side and what's missing, then we're always going to be in this rut. So we have to recognize the wins when they happen. The fact is, it is a win that we have security degrees now. We didn't have that before. So it's a good thing to have them. And it is a good thing that so many people went out and got a, C, a CISSP 
because at least it shows that they want to be in security. Exactly. And while some of them are just going to be absolutely terrible and they need to go away, there are a few of them who use that as their only way to get the foot into the door. It's kind of like a beacon, right? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm signaling to you that I am willing to learn yeah. and I'm willing to put in the effort to help me learn. Those are the ones we need to nurture. Those exactly. are the ones we need to take care of and raise them up because it's all we have. I mean, our generation, we're not going to be able to stay in security forever. We need to get the kids up and running, and somehow that's the only way you're going to do it. You mean we so, can't do that whole living forever thing? I mean, I'm kind of counting not on yet. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of counting on that too. But, you know, I mean, it'll be a it, it'll be a nice little surprise, you know, on my 95th birthday. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's a life serum. I'll take it now. And I'm like perpetually 95 years old. So that'll be both sad and hysterical. Exactly. <laughs> so. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us on our next show where we talk about security that matters. Now remember, the salt and salted hatch is the thing you know.